Another episode of House to House. It is your boy Kyler. Across me, as always, Dog Ox's favorite guy who picked a pack of pickup peppers, Peter. Hello, hello, hello. Hey. And last but not least, the big bad boss, David Bay. Hi. Hi. You sound like you sound like one of my favorite um RuPaul's Drag Race um contestants. <laughs> That she always ends no she always ends the like sh- how she always leaves right she say bye so you're like saying hi it's like the opposite you know you really okay. hit that you really hit that key also yeah hi just interesting <laughs> which contestant is that uh the only reason why i can't say the name on on podcast is because there's mm. a there's a slur in it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the only reason. But other fans of uh, Drag Race would know. So yeah. Okay, okay. All right, listeners. Today we'll be talking about how to increase your BTO ballots, which in turn increases your chances at getting a BTO. But is it really possible though, increasing your chances? Doesn't Singapore's glorified BTO initiative, which many foreigners doubt as the solution to public housing, take pride in its equal, unbiased approach. Plus, the very fact that our co-hosts of House to House, both Peter and Bay, have received ticket numbers of 50 and 1,200 respectively. (laughs) It proves even more that it's all up to randomness, right? So, can you increase your chances at getting a BTO? The answer, yes. Because this is how BTO balloting works. Okay, so imagine a huge empty bowl in front of you like uh what's a what's a good bowl okay imagine like a huge rojak bowl in front of you you know the one at your coffee shops below your house the wooden one then when you when you submit your ballot on hdb's website what you will do is that you will throw in two ballots so imagine two tickets of your names dropping in and you get two ballots because um you are a first timer if you're a second timer get one ballot but for listeners, don't get confused if um, you don't know what's first-timer and second-timer. Second-timer doesn't mean it's more than your second time applying. Second-timer means that you've already owned a HDB previously. You can apply for 10, 20 times. If you don't get a house, you are still considered a first-timer. How BTO balloting works is that the smaller your ticket number, the better. Right, Peter? Yes. The fact that I got uh, 50 is proof that, yeah, it helps. <laughs> And the thing is, it's randomly generated. It's it's entirely... You can pray to all the gods you want. The only real god at play here is R and Jesus. There, there is no other um, deity that you can really pray to when it comes to BTO balloting that you hope that your name and your ballot is the one that gets drawn. So once all the ballots are thrown inside this huge rojak bowl, and they basically, you know, stick a hand in it and then take up Okay, you got your name, you are number one. And then they continue this for how many units there are in the thing. But is there a way to put more than two of your names into the Rojak Bowl? Yes. And that is what we're going to get into today's episode. Also, um, don't forget, how BTO balloting works is also dependent on the EIP. Am I right to say that? Yes, the Ethnic Integration Program. Oh, I thought uh, it was just a yip. Yip. Yeah, it, it does. It does. 
fortunately or unfortunately, uh, affect people's chances. Exactly. So, um, just do take note of that. You know, that's always a a thing that you should keep at the back of your mind that sort of restricts or maybe makes it more advantageous for you. We're not really sure. So, yeah. Okay, now we're going to get into the ways of how you can increase your BTO chances. So how this episode is going to go is basically, um, I'll explain what is it and how it increases your BTO chances. And um, Peter and Bae, feel free to, you know, relate it back to your experience. Yep, let's do that. Very nice. Okay, the first way you can increase your BTO chance is priority schemes. Now, what is this priority scheme? As, it's, as the name suggests... <laughs> <laughs> Why? No, it's a progress party in Singapore. Oh and, my goodness! And multi car park story. <laughs> yes. So, um, as the name suggests, for priority schemes, HDB actually gives a higher priority to certain couples because of their situation, which they have to, you know, they have to tick when they when they are submitting their ballot, lah, saying that okay, I want to apply under this scheme, I want to apply under that scheme, that kind of thing. So, some examples. As they have mentioned, the PPS and the MCPS, which stands for the Parenthood Priority Scheme, the Married Child Priority Scheme, and there are many others. And by many, I mean like five others that, you know, are the less common ones. These two are really the go-to options in a way, you know. Mm. And yeah, why is uh, that? I think, uh, sorry? No, I wanted to understand what what is, like, break it down. Like, what is Parents Priority Scheme and Married Child Priority Scheme? So the Parenthood Priority Scheme is meant to encourage parents of children aged 18 years old or below, uh, whether or not it's biological or adopted, to uh, be able to get a HDB, you know, a subsidized public housing more easily. So if you are a first-timer, then up to 30% of PTO units will be allocated to you. So you have a, a higher chance of getting your first-timer application uh, successfully. Mm. Yeah, exactly what uh Peter mentioned. The it is the up to thirty percent that you sort of reserve for you if you apply under the scheme, and that's how it increases your BTO chances because you get prioritized allocation. So essentially, only competing with that smaller pool of people who also applied under that scheme instead of like the horde of thousands of people who just applied for that certain um that certain sale that certain location. Okay. Okay. My turn. To explain MCPS, Marymount Convent Primary School <laughs> is not what MCPS stands for. It stands for Married Child Priority Scheme. And in the words of a layman, it means that if you are a parent with a child that's married, or you are a child that's married with a parent, okay, that, that sounds funny, but, <laughs> but yeah, because you normally have a parent, it doesn't matter whether the married child is widowed or divorced as long as they have children. If they go and apply, the parent or the married child, go and apply for a BTO near, within 4KM of each other's property, uh, they, get, they get priority as well. So it just encourages you to stay near your parents. That's what this is. And the problem with this scheme, I feel, is that, for example, my parents stayed at Bishan. My BTO launches, like three launches in a row, had no, nowhere near 4KM near my parents. And that's why I cannot get used to MCPS. So it is literally meant for prioritizing people who are already married and want to stay near parents, which is great. You're filial, you're married, 
And obviously, staying near parents will allow you to have easier logistics to have a kid. It's all great, but it's not always the case. Like um, Peter's parents stay at in the east, and he applied Bukit Batok, which is very mm. quite west. Yep. So he will never, at that point of time, be able to qualify for MCPS. Exactly. Singapore is not that small. Yeah, it's only within 4KM. Uh. 4KM is literally uh, 10 rounds around your your 2.4 track. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Quick, quick math. So yeah. it, it, it does, Um, you know, if you fall under this category of having a BTO sale near your parents, that's wonderful for you. It gives you the advantage. Yeah. But it also limits a certain demographic who... Like them sway la, who never get a launch near their parents. Yep. If you already throw the lottery got that launch near your parents, you are already married, etc. 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 Then you get it already. Then your queue number's still very lousy. I think you just sway. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really just sway Mopian. Yeah. But the MCPS um is also often called, you know, in layman's terms, the proximity priority scheme which is another PPS. So either they didn't want to get that confused with the original PPS or uh, the proximity grant, which is an entirely different thing altogether. But essentially, it comes down to proximity, yep. right? It's um, it's basically just on your distance from your the house that you want to get versus the house that your parents are living in. Um, yeah, so that's it for number one, priority schemes. That's one way you can increase your chances at a BTO. The second way is to ballot for a less popular project and what it is is i mean it's quite dull uh, you basically apply for areas that you know are not usually um the ones that are sought after these are usually the newer non-mature estates not exactly in the city center so to speak um areas like uh maybe pongol pongol will be a prime example maybe 10 years ago now i think in the 2020s it will probably be tengah right that would be the prime example for um, a less popular project. Well, I mean, it depends, right? I mean, we've yeah. seen the allocations for mm-hmm. some of the recent launches. When you look at the latest uh, BTO launch in August and you look at the ap- the application rate, yeah, I mean, it's surprising to see that mature towns were less popular. Oh, really? So so just for context, uh, for the 90 u- room units in Kalang Mampo, only 265 applications for first-timers, you know, and all together. Uh, so that, that makes a, for first-timers, it's a 1.4 rate, which means that almost every first-timer that applied for Kalang Wampo, a three-room, should have gotten it. Well, according to data that Peter provided, maybe balloting for a less popular project isn't always the way to go. Because um, it's quite logical, right? Balloting for a less popular project. People get turned off by a certain area. People won't bid for that area. It's less competitive for you. That's it. But um, in theory, maybe, it seems logical. But in, in actual data, um, it's always best to look at you know previous launches that have been in that certain area. Just basically do your research on past or previous launches also to make sure that, mm. okay, the numbers seem right. You know, like there's a, there's a trend lah, saying that people aren't really balloting for this. Chances are is that it's going to be less competitive for you. That's all. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Mm. So that's our second way to increase your BTO chances. The third way um, is also going on the same route as uh, being less competitive. It's going for a less popular flat type. So what this means is that Singaporeans always go for that four-room, five-room, whether they want to or they need to. 
um going for a less popular flat type basically means going for the three rooms, right? Mm. Like that's usually the case, right? Yeah, I mean <laughs> like mm. it felt like a personal attack, but no, you're right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it, it really depends on what you want to do with your family, right? Of course, if you talk about finance, um there's a price, a very big price difference between three room, four room, and five room. Uh, but if you if you're playing to have like a basketball team of kids, five that five of them, mm. you definitely won't get a three room, right? But if you're planning only one kid or no kids, then of course three room is great. Or if you already have one kid only and and you don't plan to have more, you know you know what I mean. I think going for less wanted things like like Peter got a three room right, but he wanted a three room. It's not yeah. like he he settled for a three room. Mm. Uh, I would advise this uh, as a hugely emotional and financial decision is buying a house, right? Um, as long as you can afford it, your future don't get three room unless you want it. Don't settle. This this is my opinion. So Peter did not settle. He wanted a three room from mm. the start. All right, so it's not an insult in any way whatsoever. But if you don't want a tree room, if you don't know how a tree room flat looks like, find somebody who has a tree room flat and take a look. And then take a look at a four room flat and then take a look at a five room flat. Because some people, maybe my parents are rich, so I never seen and see and stay in the HGB before. How I know what am I applying for? Seeing the floor plan doesn't help. Huh? I tell you what you do, right? You go to certain listing portals out there, which I shall not name. And then you go and find people who are selling the three-room flat, selling the four-room flat, selling the five-room flat, right? Go and pretend you want to buy, then go and take a, take a tour. So you know what a three-room flat looks like, what a four-room flat looks like, what a five-room flat looks like. Then you decide. Get a feel of the space. Uh. Yeah. I think this is the best advice I've given in like a month. Go and take a tour of HDBs before you apply the BTO. So you know how it looks like. Then you also know what kind of design you like, uh, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think when you step inside like a three-room, four-room or five-room or, or basically a flat, you can also visualize like how your house you want to look like and everything, right? Like you, yeah. uh, in your head, you'll plan some interior designing stuff yeah. and maybe that will help with your decision. Oh, so, I mean, yeah. at HDB, at, at uh, Topayo, uh, at the HDB hub, there is a like a show flat kind of thing where they have um, all the sizes of the units so that you can see firsthand how big it would be. But But, you know, Show flats have a... It's too pretty. It's not real. <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, you want to see what it looks like when it's lived in, right? Yeah, I want, yeah. No, I want to see what it looks like when it's on the fourth floor of this block. Come right. out of the lift. Open the door, the lighting. Because HGB flat, the, the, the lighting is just too nice, right? It's just very bright. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really put yourself in that situation. Uh, that HGB situation. Yeah. Mm. So, so, I have... Parents-in-law that stay in a three-room flat, so I know how it looks like. I have friends who stay in a four-room flat. I I purposely got a five-room flat huh? because big, big, big-sized people like bigger spaces. Hmm. And you have two children, of course. At that time, I haven't had children yet. I wouldn't know how um. many I would have. <laughs> but you, I was always I mean, big size. Yeah but you also would have planned, right? Like, like you knew you wanted to have children, so you had to keep that in mind. Like when I look at the three-room flat, all I could see was okay, no kids and less cleaning. That was my, my <laughs> yeah, that's, that's brilliant as well. That's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah. everything you want, make sure you don't settle. Uh, five-room flats actually do not qualify for a lot of HGB grants. Just FYI as well. All right. So take mm-hmm. note. Do your finances. Call Kyler 
and he's the expert. Yeah. I was irritated because I couldn't qualify for grants, huh? because I'm on the mature estate at Pongo, right? And then I find room flat, right? I'm like, Yasmin, why cannot get grant? It's not like you earn a lot. It's not like I earn a lot at that point of time, the salary used, right? I'm like, what cannot get? Chill, huh? maybe get four room flat, get grant. Huh? So, um, yeah, basically, um, point number two and point number three, balloting for less popular projects or less popular flat type. In theory, you know, data might always put something else. In theory, it's always going to be less competitive. But also, don't forget, take advantage of Singaporeans' kiasunas always. Because we know they, like, Singaporeans generally want to save face. They want to show off to their friends. This trends towards getting a four-room and five-room because that's the most atas of the, you know, the HDB units available. If you get a three-room flat, you know, some people a bit, you know, no. some of the, hey, some, very some, insensitive. Some, some people are very siasui, that they are embarrassed. You know, some people do care about this kind of thing. So I'm just saying, take advantage of those people's um insecurities. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. You... Okay, so um moving on to our fourth and last way to increase your BTO chances. Um, it's not exactly a orthodox way um it's not it's not really something that it's like being less competitive or you know something more concrete where it's um prioritized allocation the fourth way is actually don't apply straight after the announcement so how bto works is that this you sh- you usually get a one week period to apply um let's say if it opens on a tuesday 10 a.m you al- always yeah i want to say always open at 10 a.m it will close on Six days later, 23 hours. So if you get a Tuesday 10 a.m., it'll close next Monday's 11.59 p.m., that kind of thing, you know? And why we suggest don't apply straight after the announcement is because there's an approach to wait and see. So PTO, they don't care. If you apply first straight away at Tuesday 10 a.m. on Monday uh, 11.59 p.m., it's not a first-come, first-serve. You still get an equal chance. You still get to throw your name into that Rojak Bowl and you get an equal opportunity. But why we say don't apply straight after the announcement is because if you're not that particular about um, a certain unit, a certain area, a certain type of flat, what HDB does is that HDB updates its number of applicants each day. So you can track that data and see that, okay, this unit or this area is getting less love than it should. This one is getting more than it should. It, that means it's going to be more competitive. If you're not particular, you just need a house, go for the one that is less uh, less applied for. It's as simple as that. To, you know, better increase your chances at, uh, at getting a house. But usually I would say that demographic for this suggestion is that if you're not particular about a certain house this is what you will usually go for yep uh, uh so peter or did any of you take this approach or did you all just like don't care just straight away apply for it once it opened uh honestly i i was quite sure that the take up rate would be low so i just applied as soon as it opened mm. uh for my bouquet battle chiyun flat but uh i think I think it did help that we looked at the other launches around the same time and we realized that the Bukit Batok launch would be the most likely, the one that we would most likely get because I think by then we were quite sure that we wanted a place and we wanted to start our BTO process as soon as possible. And now five years and one panorama later (laughs) and financial difficulties (laughs) with the developer yeah, I mean, in a sense, I'm glad we, you know, we made the 
decision to go for uh, the launch as soon as we had uh, we were clear that we, this was the path we wanted to go because I can't imagine having waited for the right one in inverted commas mm. and then still in 2023 you know having to consider like all the alternatives we spoke about in previous episodes uh. <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, listeners what do you think of these tips let us know at podcast at mortgagemaster.com.sg um, also just an update we'll be taking a small one month break to prep for the BTO season but for the month of October we'll be uploading a different kind of episode um, this will be shorter episodes that either covers mortgage real estate personal finance stuff that were edited out. So it's an opportunity for you to listen to some extra content that didn't quite make the cut and a lot of nonsense from me, Peter, and Bay. Uh, Uh-oh. Why? What happened? No, as in like, like the, the things that we thought wouldn't be... Oh, no, lah. <laughs> it's still a uh, so yeah. It's yeah. the Blu-ray version, basically. <laughs> well, what's bonus, bonus features. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, are, there are people who... I've seen TikTok videos of like showing teenagers um, DVDs or CDs and they don't know what a CD is. Burn them all. Confirm scripted lah. <sighs> Cannot be that they don't know lah. But why would they know what a CD is? That's true though. That's true. You know you know what um you know what youngsters think CDs are? They think it's they think the only purpose for CDs is to put at their school canteen to reflect the birds away. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, do you all have that during your time? No. Right? Yes, yes. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. So I you think understand CDs are not so bad see. because it irritates flies as well, but it's the fake black color crow. Oh that my one God. has no use at all. Oh my god, you are entirely right. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> oh my god. The fake black color crow is. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, god about that. Yeah, okay. anyway, schools yes. should not build square tic tac toe roof landings on top of their canteen, like the school that me and Peter went to. It's just rubbish because birds literally sit on it and look at you eat. What? Oh, the, what tic-tac-toe thing? I mean, this should be edited out, but so in ACSI, upstairs, like above our heads, is this, instead of the ceiling, there's like a four ceiling and 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 in between that four ceiling is like a, a oh. window grill that is uh. that is squarish, right? square, square, square. So it's like tic-tac-toe box like okay. that. But it's like not your window grill is horizontal, so literally birds can perch on it and look at you eat and shit in your food. Yeah, I was about to say like, can't they just do their droppings there and everything? Yeah, but then after that, uh, that's for our generation. Uh. after that, the new generation just got the aircon canteen, so no mm. birds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, the aircon canteen was the best man at ACSI. Oh, you went? I went. I went. I I had a game over there, like a softball game. So I went over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Softball. You softballer. I was a softballer. Nice. Yeah. yeah, so listeners, this is a preview to the kind of nonsense that we'll be talking about that you can look forward to in October. <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, if you enjoy what you're listening to, do consider hitting that follow button. We really appreciate it. But if not, you can catch us on a regular house to house episode, maybe sometime in November. After after I'm done with all the BTO guides and stuff. So yeah, to everyone listening, please don't put clowns in front of schools. And also, Ali from Squid Game deserves justice. See ya! Yeah. Oh.